Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn how to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out and find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, a songwriter, life coach, and wellness advocate, Liz Langston. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, episode 21. Are you ready for this? Life during postpartum depression. It sounds so gloomy. It's really not going to be too crazy. I'm not here today, if you're in depression, to add to the worseness of things and to be all heavy and stuff. I'm just going to give you some tools to navigate this. We're going to start by me describing to you what you're probably feeling like. I just want to connect with you. I want you to understand how much I understand you. And I also want to just kind of gut check you like, yep, you can nod your head, be like, yep, I do that. Yes, I'm in that. Or maybe no, it might just help you gauge kind of where you're at in the progression of depression, which will be really nice. And then I'm going to go over a checklist that I like to make sure everybody who is experiencing depression knows about just some things I really think you ought to do if you haven't already as somebody who's gone through it. Then I'm going to give you a few lessons from my journey with depression. And at the end, I'll tell you and explain to you how I coach people through depression, if that's something you're interested in, and really give you an idea what that is like. I do want to let you guys know for everyone who's listening that isn't in depression, that's totally fine. You might just be curious or you might be wondering if you are, but this is not going to be the episode where you try to figure out if you have it or not, although it could be useful for those purposes. So feel free to still listen in, but I do have an episode that's dedicated to helping you figure out where you are on the spectrum of baby blues versus depression. And that's episode two. Um, if you're struggling with postpartum anxiety, I also have a podcast on that. So go check that out. I'm not sure what number it is, but I do want you to listen to this one if that's you, because where you're at is probably before what I'm talking about today. Next episode will be specifically for you with anxiety, but I think it will still be useful to listen to this so that if things progress, you'll be able to recognize them as depression after listening to this episode. Okay. I have a super tired voice tonight. It's pretty late in the evening. So pardon that, but let's get started. All right. So the first thing I want to go over, like I said, is, um, all of the kind of symptoms. I want to paint you the picture of your life right now, just to connect with you and have you check in, like, where are you on this list? Okay. So just sit back and listen, nod your head, kind of figure out where you're at. You've probably got low to no appetite. Have you noticed that by the way? I didn't notice that right away, but after a while I started to notice it. Low to no appetite. Um, you're not really doing many hobbies. You don't do things for fun. You do do things to escape life. There's a difference, right? You do things to kind of distract yourself from the feelings that you feel in your life, but you don't do things just for the fun of it. Um, when you think about getting help, if you still do think about that, because a lot of times once you're in depression, you're kind of not problem solving, not thinking about that. If you do still have access to that part of you, there's usually a reason or something else that you put in front of helping yourself. Like, Oh, we can't afford it. Or, Oh, I couldn't ask that of them. That's very depressive. That's a very depressive thing to do. Put yourself on the back burner 
And in that same vein, you have trouble advocating what you need right now to anyone, especially to the stronger personalities in your life. You just don't have the energy to deal with people's opinions. You might have some shame and embarrassment about your depression in the first place. If you haven't received an official diagnosis, you could be in the stage of wondering what's going on. Is this depression or just what is this? What am I experiencing right now? So all of that's really normal. You might be a lot more rough with your kids than you normally are. You're doing your absolute best and your best is so much different. The bar is so much lower right now for you and your parenting than it normally is, which has you probably concerned, but you don't exactly have the energy and the wherewithal to be able to solve that problem right now. So that's just kind of how it is. You are basically done with the anxious, constant worrying because you've been burned out by that. You used to worry a lot more and now you're just sunk into it. You're kind of like, well, whatever happens, you're more resigned. It's not really a healthy, like go with the flow resign because you know, everything's going to be okay. It's more like depressed design resigned, sorry. Like you cared and tried for so long and it was too much and went on for so long that now you're checked out kind of absent. Um, you don't laugh and sing a lot. Maybe if you used to do that, right? Just the happy go lucky things you might've used to do. You might've used to do. That's the phrase guys. If you're wondering, you don't really find yourself doing those as much. You're startled sometimes at how much you don't care more about the things that you used to care about. Now I want to take a pause here. Notice how there's a part of you that doesn't care about things that you used to care about. And then there's the part of you that notices this change in yourself. There's this observer that can see the depression happening and every so often pops her head up and is like, wait a second, that's not normal. Wait, that's new for me. Wait, why am I being like this? Right? You have that power to observe. You have that power to pull out of the depression and look at it in moments. This is why coaching can work even in depression, because I can work with that part of your brain, the observer. You have a depressed brain, but you also have an observer to a depressed brain. And I can work with that. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. A few more things on the little list of painting the picture. You probably don't clean your house a lot. Maybe you never really did that much if you're anything like me. No, we try. We try, right guys? You do, but you also don't. It's not that strong, quick, efficient cleaning like you normally are capable of where you can get a lot done in a little bit of time. It's just, sometimes it's not even on your radar. You totally just don't think about it because you're so busy sitting on the couch being numb. You don't meal plan. You barely get the groceries your family needs. Okay. You get the picture, right? So if this is resonating with you, if this is you, here is sort of the first few things I want to tell you. And this is more like a safety net before I delve into the lessons and some food for thought. I just want to go through this checklist for you. Make sure you've done these things. If you haven't already, make sure you do them or consider doing them. It's your life, your choice, <laughs> but I'm an expert on these things. I want to help you out. So first make sure you've talked with your OB about your symptoms. If you haven't done that, it just takes calling your office, like your OB's office and telling them you want a postpartum checkup and they might, because it's their job, they might ask, okay, what's this appointment for? And you can just say, just, it's just a postpartum checkup. I have just have some concerns. You don't even need to say what they are, but if for whatever reason they were to press you or you would feel awkward, you need to say something more, just be like, I'm just curious about postpartum depression. I want to have a conversation about it. Okay. So if you're feeling any shame or anything, 
You don't have to go into the details there. The next thing on the checklist is make sure your husband knows and knows the truth, right? Knows the full picture. I know you feel crazy and you have shame about how you're feeling and you're trying to figure this all out, but let him in. If that truly scares you, then I guess maybe you could tell somebody else that's your best friend or that somebody you really trust. But my hope is you can trust him. And the thing is you're caring for his baby or his children as well. It's not just yours. And I think that it's fair to say he deserves to know if you're really struggling to care for your child or having scary thoughts or anything like that. Make sure you tell him three, consider medication. You do not need to get on them necessarily. I'm not here. I'm not pro antidepressants. Go get on it right now. It's a very personal decision, but just watch out for the fear that's keeping you from either talking to your doctor or talking about medicine. I know, I know I was there too. I know we get scared of talking to our doctor. I was too. I didn't want to be forced on a medication or taken away from my kids or, but that is just not going to happen. First of all, you have rights and there are so many other options in between where you are now and all of those extreme situations. You've got people that can help you. You've got options to work with. So, and at the end of the day, you have rights. You can't be forced to take medication. Okay. So at Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The next one is make sure you are 100% honest about the scariest thoughts you've had. And this might not apply to many of you, but some of you might have already delved into the scary thought realm. Make sure you tell one person, not just because it's safe for you and for baby, but also to break the shame cycle. Shame, when people are in shame, when humans are in shame, they hide. They want to hide out. They want to isolate. So hiding means isolating and isolating means you are more vulnerable and you are weaker when you're on your own especially when you're on your own with a mind that is struggling. Okay. If you are having trouble getting to your doctor and you know you need to, but you're just really struggling, you can DM me on Instagram. I'm happy to kind of help you through the jitters, answer any questions. So on to what I want to talk to you about today. The first thing I really want to go over now that we know, or we're pretty sure that you're in postpartum depression, or even frankly, if you're not, and you're just struggling, this is all going to be helpful. Number one, you are not your brain. And I don't mean to underplay everything you're experiencing. And I'm not here to say, Oh, you can just snap yourself out of it. Cause you're not your brain. What I mean by you are not your brain is that ultimately, like I said, there's that observer there's whether you want to call it a part of your brain and we're going to call it the observer part of your brain or maybe it's your spirit. Okay. I understand depression is a real psychological state that influences your brain and body, but here's what I truly believe. Having been there twice and in the anxiety, having taken antidepressants at the max dosage and also tried therapy. What I believe is we are not just our brains. We have a brain, but we also have something else, a spirit, a mind. And so when it comes to 
getting out of depression, if we can recognize that and work with that part of us, that is not our brain. We have something to work with to help fix our brain inside of our body. We are not completely dependent on outside resources. And again, that's why I feel like coaching works is because I can help that part of you, um, have some leverage over your brain and work on your brain with me and on your thinking patterns, even while in the depression, even while your brain is in the depression. Okay. Point number two, there is the circumstance of either the depression diagnosis or the symptoms you're experiencing. And then there's your thoughts about it. So I want you to just separate the two in your mind. You've got the depression that you're in and the experiencing of the symptoms. And then because you have that part of your brain that's witnessing it all, you have thoughts about the depression. And this creates layers, which can actually make more weight if the thoughts about your depression are negative. So question for you, what are your thoughts about being in this depression? I will give you an example. When I had my third baby, Amos, I did everything I could to avoid postpartum depression and the development of it because I'd experienced it once after my second baby. Amos was my third. And so I went as far as to decide to do an unmedicated labor and hire a doula and switch to a birth center instead of the hospital because I'd had some anxiety in the hospital and I figured that related to my depression. And when I, about six months after having him, realized that depression was happening, I was really devastated. So not only did I have the depression, but I had this massive load of devastation on top. I wasn't ashamed. The first time I had more shame, more confusion, more alarm. The second time was more devastation. In addition to all of the depression symptoms that we talked about earlier. And this was terrible. This was worse. So be mindful that the way you think about your depression is right now creating the specific type of experience you are having of depression. So there's depression mixed with the second layer, which is how you think about it. And that's creating an entirely different experience. If you want to help yourself out, you can examine what your thoughts are about the depression and calm those down. If you're ashamed, if you're devastated, X, Y, Z, you're a great candidate for coaching right now because I can help you with that layer. And even if the depression lingers for a bit, you can feel so much better and get through this easier as you attend to those layers. If you want to learn more about this on your own, I have episode six, which is all about emotional layering. That will be helpful. And then also it would be good to listen to episode 14 on the model but start with episode six. I also, before I tell you more about coaching and how it works, how I do it, what, how it could help, I want to refer you to podcast episode number one. I almost want to just add that podcast episode into this one. They overlap in some ways. So if you haven't already listened to podcast episode one, I would say, go listen to that today. This episode's kind of short. And I kind of want to say, add episode one into this if you haven't already listened to it, or if you have, maybe even go back and give it another shot. That one is just such a loving, caring episode with all of the nice to-do items. If you need just some directives, 
if you're kind of not having the bandwidth and brain space to think through what I'm talking to you about, or if you've loved it, but you want more, just go down to episode one. It's called struggling postpartum. Start here. Okay. Now I honestly saved a chunk of this episode to dedicate towards talking about coaching and my coaching specifically, because I truly believe that when you're in postpartum depression, this is the number one most helpful thing you can do. I'm not even kidding. I wish so badly that someone had offered exactly what I offer. Now I am grateful for the coaching I found. It was so phenomenal. It was also a very large group program and I ended up needing to do a lot of my coaching on my own. It was by choice. I could have probably chosen to get coached more, but I was still trying to figure out how the group worked. It was all different. You had to do signups at certain times. Whereas in my coaching program, I specifically hold your hand. You have me every day, my love, every day for three months because I know things feel urgent. I know you're suffering. And because let's be honest, we can't afford to go one step forward and two steps back. We need to take a step forward every day. A lot of moms come to me after having tried therapy. Usually they start with therapy Not everyone. I shouldn't say usually moms do that, but sometimes moms will do that. And then they'll come to me and say, I tried therapy because it was cheaper through the insurance, but I didn't like my therapist. Or I tried therapy because it was cheaper through the insurance, but I couldn't make my appointments. Or I tried therapy because it was cheaper through the insurance, but I was 30 minutes late every time. And I felt like I wasn't getting out of it what I needed to. Or I tried therapy and it was cheaper through the insurance, but... It only lasted for a couple days and then I was right back where I was. And I know that the same brain that's got you where you are is the same brain that takes you right back out of it. If you go to a therapist once a week, you need daily help. You need intensive help right now, which is why I've created my program the way that I have. I'm really proud of it. I really, really love it. And so I thought you should know about it. I want to end with painting a picture or walking you through a metaphor to help you feel what coaching would feel like. I can't exactly help you feel what coaching would feel like without coaching you, but I've constructed this metaphor to help you get the idea of the phases you go through when you're being coached regularly by me. So the first thing I want you to imagine is that you're driving in a car. This is you in your postpartum depression. Okay. This is all symbolic of what you're going through right now. So you're driving in a car and it's dark outside. It's heavy rainfall and your windows are foggy. Not only that, but you are in the car. You remember cars like you've been in a car before, but for some reason you just can't figure out how to use the car very well. Like you understand that the steering wheel turns the wheels, you get that, but like you've forgotten a lot of the little dials and tools. Okay. This is kind of what it's like when we're in postpartum depression, right? (laughs) Life just feels like there's so many things we used to be able to do. We used to know how to do that seem very challenging to us right now. So this is you driving in the car in the dark, in the heavy rain with foggy windows and you forgot to use most of the buttons and dials and whatever in the car. 
Now, that's you, but then I want you to imagine me sitting in the front seat. This is you hiring me. This is you doing coaching for three months. I'm sitting in the front seat with you every day for three full months. Oh my gosh, can you imagine driving a car for three months? No, thank you. Same thing though. Can you imagine repeating how you're feeling right now for three more months? I hope not. I do three months because I feel like I can get you from where you are to a significantly higher emotional place. So you wouldn't be where you are now for three months, but without coaching, you might be like, I don't know. I don't know what else you're doing to get help. I would hope that you're doing some other things like yoga or taking walks or hiring a sitter, but ultimately change and healing from the inside out. Like my podcast says happens when you learn for yourself, these tools. So going on with the metaphor, I'm in the front seat and we're driving and I'm just there with you. And first of all, you just feel this amazing relief right away. You look over and see me in the front seat and immediately life just seems easier. Even though you're still depressed, even though it's still raining outside and the windows are foggy and it's dark, you have someone with you and you don't just have anyone with you, right? You have somebody who knows how to use the car right now better than you do. She's actually an expert at understanding where all the dials are for this storm. She also has been in a rainstorm at night with foggy windows in a car before and not known where the dials were. And she had the radio on occasionally, but mostly she had to figure out a lot on her own. So you have here next to you in this seat, somebody who you know can get you through this. Imagine that's the first emotional release upon hiring me is you just are so relieved that you have someone. Now we get in there and you just start talking and you start telling her how freaked out you are and how, look how heavy the rain is and look how dark it is. And I'm scared and I don't know. And with this calm, wise voice, she tells you the good news that you didn't realize, which is that when she looks out of the windows, they're not foggy and the rain is a drizzle and it's actually light outside. And she said, she says over to you on your side of the car, I'm going to help you see what I see. If I could do this for you, what would you be willing to give? If I could literally help you understand, okay, look, did you know there's such thing as a defrost? And you're like, there is? Oh, I think I vaguely remember that, but I'm like, yeah, here's how you turn it on. And all of a sudden your windows aren't foggy. It's still dark. It's still raining heavy, but now your windows aren't foggy. And you're like, oh, and there's that huge relief. Your stress starts to go down again. You start to trust yourself a little more. You start to feel a little more confident. We keep talking. You, you know, we're still driving down the road and you're telling me more about the struggles that you still are coming up against, even though you're loving all the ones you don't have anymore, but you still want to tell me, you know, your friend in the front seat about these other things. And you're like curious, like how come you can see it like that? You can see the light and no rain. And I'm over here with this pouring rainstorm and it's dark. I mean, I'm grateful my windows aren't foggy, but how do you see that? And 
I start to teach you not just the dials in the car to change how you see things, which by the way, the dials in the car are representative of tools in your brain, like mental cognitive tools, coaching tools that you can use and apply. So I teach you those tools and they start to become in your life like all of those blinkers and defrost buttons become in a car ride. Just really nice to have and they help you get there more safely. They help you see more clearly. You're feeling more confident. You can drive a little faster. But then, and this is my favorite and the best part, just when you feel like you're so done with all of this and you want it all gone. You're grateful for your progress, but you're like, I just don't want it to be dark anymore. I'm so glad I can go faster, not foggy windows. I just don't want it to be dark anymore. I teach you how to create light in your life through your thinking. I demonstrate that for you and I teach you how to create life. And I think the richest and most juicy part of coaching is that you get to take that skill once you're healed from depression and you get to take it and use it with your kids. So for example, when your kids are throwing a fit, you don't get pulled down into it. You have this ability to create light, to create new ideas. You have this ability to rise above this ability to be where you want to be emotionally because you had to in the dark storm And it makes it so much easier to do it in any other circumstance in life. If you can do it in postpartum with me, you can do so many more things. Now is the time to learn these tools. There's no better time than right now. I truly believe that, you guys. I'm sitting in my little office. It's really dark outside. It's like almost 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) I'm sitting in my office. I'm watching people's lights in their houses turn off and the cars drive by. And I'm so beautifully reminiscing about my own experience finding these tools. And I truly think the most powerful, amazing, and valuable part for all of us as moms, as we learn how to manage our own minds, how to drive our vehicles, how to know where all the buttons are and know where the best detours and shortcuts are, right? as we know how to do that with our brain and our life, we can get exactly where we want to go and when we want to get there. Again, the time is now. I really feel like there's no better time than the postpartum struggle. When all the cards are on the table, when you've given it all that you've known how to do, this might be the first time you've ever done this, but higher help. Get yourself help. Put your pride aside. If you have questions about money or concerns, come talk to me on a consult. I help people through those all the time. It just takes a little bit of perspective. And ultimately, sometimes you might decide it's just not the right time. None of that's a problem. So what is holding you back from going into your doctor's office? And what is holding you back from reaching out to me if you want to be doing that? Chances are there's just some thoughts and they're probably very similar. I love you. I love you all so much. I feel so lucky and special I get to do this work. 
but I put in the work through coaching during my dark time. And I can't wait to see what you do with these tools on the other end of this struggle. So the link to book a console is in my Instagram bio. It's also always here in the show notes and I'll see you next time. Hey, Liz here. When I was struggling as a mom of three littles, it was actually a podcast just like this that a friend shared with me that woke me up to getting the help I needed. Please consider sharing a favorite episode with a friend or leave me a review on iTunes to help other moms find the help they need here too.